4: Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Our next guests are here to spill the tea, quite literally spill the tea, on their bootstrapping journey to entrepreneurship and the inspiration behind their tea company brand, Just Add Honey Tea Company. Money Movers, please welcome Brandy and Jermail Shelton. Hello, welcome Brandy and Jermail, how are you?
3: We're doing great, how about yourself? Hello,
4: hello. I'm fantastic. Well, I love this. I just couldn't resist a a little pun about spilling the tea. And, you know, I am a huge fan of tea. I grew up in Canada. My mom is actually British. My grandmother grew up with us, this little old white lady. So we are huge tea drinkers in my house. So I am really excited to share your journey and especially the journey of a husband and wife team. So let's start at the beginning and talk about how you found the inspiration to start a tea company here in Atlanta. Well, yes, my name's Brandy,
2: (laughs) and I am the founder of Just Add Honey Tea Company, and we are celebrating our sweet 16 this year. We've been in business 16 years. 16 years, wow. And it started as just a hobby and a passion for tea. Yes, and uh, it was just a hobby and passion. I traveled the world and saw that people connected over a cup of tea, and I wanted to bring that energy and that spirit to your point like the tea that you would have with your grandmother mm. or um an afternoon tea with your mom uh or even just like tea from morocco or wherever i traveled i wanted to bring that back to the states so here we are and uh we we do wholesale retail uh, we do uh shows and uh we have a magazine we do all kind of fun things with um tea and um I love that I get to work with my
4: favorite person and my husband um, as well. Oh, that is fantastic. All right, Hubs,
3: chime in. Uh, So as Brandy just mentioned, Brandy's the founder of Just That Honey. Growing up, Brandy um, and her family has always had a love for tea. I've always had a sales background and joined the company about seven years ago. Um, It was a situation where I saw Brandy... um, I won't say struggle, but she was kind of burning the candle on both ends, as they say. And um, I was looking at my career and just being in corporate America and just not really feeling the love. And I said with my skill set and Brandy's skill set, we can make this really a family business. Uh, So um, that's what we did. We gave ourselves one year to kind of turn into family business. We were able to pick up a lot of on um, online and wholesale accounts. And we've really never looked back as far as creating a uh, husband and wife family owned um, tea business. I love this.
4: And I I, want to talk a little bit more about this because tell me about the scale of your business right now. You guys have also just opened up a brick and mortar store right here on the Beltline in Atlanta. So you guys are growing, you are scaling, you know, 16 years in. I think there's an incredible power in sharing this because oftentimes people think, oh my gosh, I have started this business. It's two years in and uh, look, I'm not sitting on a beach yet. You know, I'm not the entrepreneur that everybody thinks or sees on Instagram. So this has been you know, a life's work. And I think this is the true story of what entrepreneurship is. And now you've sort of created it into this growing family business. So I'm going to go back to you, Brandy. Talk about like 16 years ago, what it looked like starting your business. You know, did you have a store there or were you just like assembling like some tea bags and trying to sell and create a brand? Uh, yeah, so my background is,
2: I've had several backgrounds, but the longest running job I've had was I was a wardrobe and prop stylist for movies and commercials and television. And so I um, I was working as a freelance stylist mm-hmm. for quite some time while uh, on down times I would make tea. So I had a full time job, uh, so to speak, and tea was a part time hobby. And um, I outfitted. I had a. I had bought my first house at 27, and I outfitted my wow. entire basement full of tea. Um, you remember that, Jarell? Um And so my whole basement was just tea, and I would <laughs> uh, make tea in the basement and mix by hand and do farmers markets and some festivals. And um, and then from there, I moved to a commercial kitchen. So it was like a slow and steady growth and climb, uh, with our brand and, uh, the light switch of changing it from like a hobby into a profession. Uh, I don't think it happened to like our third employee. Now we have wow. 23. And so it definitely, you know, payroll looks completely different than it did before. But initially it was still, we, um, even Jamel helped me change that hobbyist to business mindset and uh and that part is just that transition as well you know
4: thinking about money differently or how you operate business differently i want to talk about this transition too because a lot of people start their businesses as you know a passion project or a hobbyist you know outlook and I, I love that because I think it's a great outlet and it, it allows us to set the framework for learning how to run a business. But at some point you guys made this decision to really look at this as something that would support your whole family and needed to grow and scale. So what was that turning point? And how do you think you really, what were some of the steps that you took to really scale your business and understand how you could increase revenue, profits, gross revenue and the sort of the, the bottom line?
3: So I think the fir- one of the first things we looked at was mm-hmm. just the landscape in general when it came to Loosely tea. One of the things I did when I was kind of debating going back and forth between um, becoming a full time employee for Just That Honey is I did my own personal research on just loosely leaf tea um, in America and abroad. And um, it, it just everything, anything tea related, um, especially loose leaf tea, everything was just going up by, I mean, just year over year. So I was like, man, this thing that Brandy's really doing as a, um, uh-huh. a uh, expensive hobby, we would call it. Um, You know, if we kind of buckle down and set up some process procedures, you know, hire a small staff, we can really, um, especially at the time in Atlanta where there wasn't really um, as many loose leaf tea companies, there's still really not not a whole lot. But back when Brandy started, there was really no loose leaf tea companies around. So we wanted to kind of lay the groundwork down. especially here in Atlanta, and kind of build our way. So one of the, I think in terms of getting serious, it was really just kind of sitting down and looking at our process and procedures and little by little seeing how we can create systems where we don't have to be Mm. so hands-on. We find ourselves more hands-on right now because we're... um, Definitely in the scale, the scale portion of our company right now. So we're kind of going back in and adjusting and uh, making some process a little bit better as we consistently grow, um, grow more and more employees. But I think between looking at um, how much time we were spending on tea, looking at all of the uh, opportunity there was in the tea industry in general, it just made you know perfect sense. Um, Brandy was kind of going in and out of corporate America. I was fully in corporate America. We we're making good money, but. You know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. soul thing, right? That thing that really touches your soul, that you wake up and you're happy and excited about getting out the bed every day. We really didn't have that. So while you know finances were were decent, um, we just didn't feel like we had that 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 real soul purpose to really reach out and do something big and really create a legacy for our family. So when we kind of merged all those things, it just made sense. Um, Brent, we were really in the game for um, a few years. And it was like, you know, it's one of those things where we're kind of in the middle of the ocean and we can either keep going straight or we can turn back and turning back at that time just wasn't an option. So what we quickly um, learned to do was kind of, we call it divide and conquer. Um, You know, we talked to, we have a lot of husband and wife teams. I know, um, Tanya, you have a husband and wife team. Um, One of the biggest things was how do we create a sound business, but more importantly, yes. how do we still remain friends and lovers and a, and a happily married couple afterwards? And what we quickly realized was um, we needed to have certain roles and responsibilities. I always say the first year that I joined, just that, honey, Brandy fired me probably 15 times, and I quit about 18 times. But I think we were trying to do we were trying to do everything together. And when we realized yes. that we have very specific skill sets right i love to sell i love to get in front of customers brandy loves to make things beautiful she loves to blend it you gotta stay and in your lane sometimes. really kind of yes, sitting especially inside if of you're working lane as a husband and wife
0: team mm-hmm.
3: yes um things started to work out a lot more smooth a lot more smoothly Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
1: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
3: My best hopes,
2: I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it.
3: I never seen a man take care of my
1: mother the way she needed to be taken care of. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to the Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was listening to a couple of other podcasts and it was about, you know, husband and wife teams that have worked together and built really successful businesses. And I think it was Peloton Bike founders and say the, it was a husband and wife team that started it. And it was like, we had to decide very quickly. We had the husband and wife lane and then we had the business partner lane. And, you know, we had to create very deliberate delineations about which lane who could drive in. Because once you start swerving into my lane, you know, it's like you're stepping on the husband wife toe and like the red flags go up. So I, I think that's really interesting. But it's also being able to identify, and I think this is true for any sort of corporate structure, what your strengths are and what your role is. Of course, in building any team, you want collaboration and you want to respect other people's opinions, but understanding like who is driving which part. So Brandy, you are the creative brand part and the mixologist. And Jermail, if you are the one who's going to like run and run sales and operations like it works and all the puzzle pieces have to fit together ask you guys about funding. You know, a a lot of people who listen to our podcast, they're really curious about how you can scale your business. And I think one of the questions we get a lot is, hey, we have this idea, we're working on it, but we need to get investment right now. You know, and this comes at various stages, but you guys seem to have bootstrapped it. And I want to share these stories in particular, because I think the narrative right now, because venture capital and getting funding is so popular But 16 years ago, people weren't out there looking for venture capital. They were growing their business and they were relying on the best type of cash influx. What I would say is customers and revenue. So can you talk about how you guys have sort of approached looking at funding and bootstrapping?
3: Yeah, so um, I mean, to date, we are still a debt-free company, which... You know, there's a lot of advantages, but um, what we're quickly learning right now as we scale, we're really in a point where things are growing, that there's some disadvantages. Um, I think one of the advantages, What I think oftentimes what a lot of people don't hear are the the negative stories, right? So the people hear about a company raising X amount of dollars, but what they're not hearing is when something happens with a company, that debt still needs to be paid. And that's just an additional stress on top of the company, on top of the business owner. And we decided early on that we just didn't want that at that time. So what we did, we made a very conscious decision that we're gonna bootstrap. That means kind of tighten up the belt. And that really means from a perspective of the Shelton family, we may not be able to take all the trips that we normally maybe you know, normally can take. Or we may not be able to
4: Let's talk about the sacrifice, right? Let's talk because everyone thinks entrepreneurship means you are running your business on a computer and a laptop on a beach. Yes. Yes. And and know that, yeah, like to Jamel's point, we had to find our strengths because he
2: drives yep. the boat a little bit different than I do. Yep. And, I, you know, I cross the T's and dot the I's a little bit different, but we're both headed in the same direction. We both want the best for the brand, the company. Our family, each other, and so when you know that that's at the top versus mm-hmm. our egos, then you it the way he does it. Um, as long as it gets done, is uh, definitely something that I had to wrap my mm-hmm. head around.
4: So, um, it's essentially you know you are purchasing a commodity. Everything from cinnamon to teas to this. How did you understand? you know, the profit and loss balance of like all those teas, you know, cause sometimes teas can be super expensive and really learning that side of the business. Cause I think sometimes people forget, they just buy a bunch of stuff, they mix it up, but like your bottom line is based on understanding the nuances of every ounce of tea and how you mix it. How did you learn that? Because that's a, that's a really deep skill and it could be Jamal. I'm not sure. Who's that person?
3: Brandy does oversee um, the uh, well, we 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 both look at uh, how expensive certain items are. But Brandy, because she is the uh, herbalist, she does make essentially the final decision as far as what product from what vendor that we're using. And um, so she has an herbalist Mm -hmm. background. um, And that's just one thing that she's just good at. Uh, she's taken trips to India to find kind of really the best herbs, the best products. So we love the fact that we are essentially a farm to table style. We have really good relationships with all the vendors we work with. We have tea agents wow. in about eight different countries, ranging from Kerala, India, China, South Africa, Egypt, with some of our chamomile. So building those relationships up front um, and also purchasing more tea so that once we knew the uh, the teas that would work well. Uh, we started working on better relationships with some of our vendors to get it at a better price. So that means that we have to purchase more product, but because of that, we can get at a cheaper price. And we're able to, a lot of times, pass that along to uh, some of our customers. But it was not something that was overnight. It took us really a while to kind of get into that space where we can determine where do we get rt source from and what's the best possible price there's a lot of companies that you can go here in the states and get it but you're paying most times at least 20 25 percent more than going straight to the source so we learned that really quickly control your supply chain as much as possible right and that means that you might have to travel abroad to do so or you might have to bring a translator when you don't when there's a a language barrier but um once we got past that, and that took us a few years to get to, it just made relationships so much easier for us. Um, uh, even transporting and importing tea is just a much smoother process. But we definitely had to get through the weeds in order to get to a place where um, we know we get our tea sourced from the best place. And we know we can offer the best prices because of um, the price that we're getting it at.
4: Wow. Incredible. Well, you know, this has been such a joy and Money Movers, that is all the time we have for today, but it was so nice to meet you both. I couldn't help myself. (laughs) We have to have
3: you stop by the shop.
4: I will stop by the shop. I actually could use a nice, warm, hot cup of tea today. And I tell you, I am a longtime tea fan. I love to mix and mingle my teas. But I am also, it's funny, having moved from Canada, I am a fan of the old British staple of, like, tea an English breakfast with a little bit of milk and a little bit of sugar. Um, It has definitely always been my thing. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your product. Thank you so much for bringing people together over a nice cup of hot tea and allowing them to leave. With a souvenir of quality huh, teas. I, I could go on forever, but I won't bore you guys. But again, thank you, Money Movers. That's all the time we have for today. And make sure to follow just Add honey on the internet and all their social media handles. And if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge, and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out these incredible founders. Maybe you'll see them one day at the gathering spot um, and say hello because you know you've got to find your tribe, in the words of this incredible founder. That's all the time we have today. Make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves Podcast powered by. Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
3: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
4: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David.